0: Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in. Tonight we resume the Shi'ur on which we are picking up from last week. Last week we ended the section of Kabbalat Shabbat. Uh, specifically, we looked more at the later editions, the additions to the section that we know today as Kabbalat Shabbat from the Mikubalim, which uh, formed the crux and the main part of uh, Kabbalat Shabbat today, namely the L'chuner Aninaz and and Lachadodi, and Anabakoach and all the additions of the Mekubalim into Kabbalat Shabbat, which uh, evolved into the section we know of today as Kabbalat Shabbat. It's interesting. I was just looking at a, a Sidur. I believe it was from Aragon that uh, that said they called it Tikkun Shabbat, like many. I think this is in the 1400s before they had something called Kabbalat Shabbat. They would say, Bameh Malikin, and Mizmor Shilayam shabbat," and they called it Tikun Shabbat. There was just a different name for it back then. So we're going to, to continue tonight with the Arvit of Shabbat, and we're going to have to look at how it differs from the standard of Ar- Arvit of the weekday, if it differs at all, and in what elements it does, how it's special, how it's different, and what kind of Nuschaot we can expect or learn from it. So the first feature of Arvit of Shabbat, which makes it stand out differently from uh, the uh, typical Arvit of the week, is that we do it much earlier. The reason for this is actually brought in a Gemara in Psachim. Uh, Daf Yomi probably just did it about 10 days ago. If you look in the Gemara in Psachim, it's a Gemara in Daf Kuf Hey Amud Bet. Gemara says, um, I'll just read it out loud, it says, Meaning, as early as we can make the Shabbat, we do, and we make it in diertas deer, uh, afuke at the end of Shabbat. we make it even later. alan kituna. Oh, this is probably a typo. That in the Vilna Shas it says kituna tet It's probably with an with an ayin. That we make Shabbat later. We, I'm sorry. We end Shabbat later on Motzei um, Shabbat in order so that Shabbat shouldn't seem like it's a burden. The same is true with Erev Shabbat. We accept Shabbat earlier and we pray earlier in order to show that Shabbat is not a burden and it's and it's dear to us that we want to start Shabbat as soon as possible. This leads lends support to the theory that with beginning Arvit, that's when you're Mekabel uh, the Shabbat and the Poskim actually bring this Gemara uh, Halach L'Mase that we except Shabbat, we do our Arvit as early as possible, earlier than we typically do it during the week. Uh, sometimes, um, some shuls you'll find will do it as early as after Plag Hamincha, literally when it's still, the sky is still blue, and some will do it after shkia some will wait until after Tzitok ha- ha- Chavim, but they'll do it as soon as Tzitok Chavim starts right away. Uh, this is the first feature of our Arvit, which makes it dissimilar from, from Arvit uh, of the weekday, in that it can be done more early than usual. Even the Ashkenazim, who don't typically do arvit as early as a Svaradim, uh, will do it after, will do arvit after Plagamincha if necessary. So now the first part of arvit in the text or in the Sidur, which uh, has or had uh, differences throughout history, is the opening of arvit. And typically, our opens with the words, And we've discussed in the past the many different reasons why, um, I think it was two and a half months ago, all the different reasons why Rachum" is said at night. So, why would we begin our with this? And we, we set a bunch of different theories. And the important part about recalling those theories is that based on the different reasons for why we say Buhurachum, there would be a different uh, conclusion as to whether or not we should say Buhurachum yichaperavon on Shabbat. And this is already brought by the Rishonim, that depending on how you understand uh, the reason for saying Buhurachum at night uh, gives us a different maskana, a different conclusion as to whether or not we should say Buhurachum. So the first thing we saw, I believe, was the Zohar. The Zohar says that uh, at night there are different... Uh, Levels of klipot, or different levels of din of uh, strict judgment in the world, and they're represented by avon, af, chema, and hashkata, right? These four different things, and vuhur achum avon, these are pisukim which temper. Um, yeah, Gary just joined, so these. So we said last time that uh, uh, tempered those four uh powers, those four dinim, uh, at nighttime. And therefore, uh, we. That's why we say it during the. Uh, that's why we say it during the week. The Zohar himself, in 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 Zohar of Root, uh, says explicitly that therefore on Shabbat we don't have to say vuhurachum. We should not actually, because there are no klipot. There's no din on Shabbat. There's no power of the chitzoniot, uh, the external negative forces which are referred to by the Mukubalim. They have no power on Shabbat, and therefore it would be inappropriate. To say vuhurachum on Shabbat—that's the first reason we said—and the Tsar explicitly says that that's why we shouldn't say vuhurachum on Shabbat. Another reason we said was because there were certain pesukim the Torah brings us already, which were said uh, at the time that they would give a person uh, malkot, or lashes in the Beit Hamikdash, and this was done at the evening time, and therefore we say vuhurachum as well because this was what at at that time during the evening, and and it says the Torah that if this was the whole reason for it, it was it, it came from. Uh, the the time at which they would give lashes to those who had sinned, and so we're saying sukim of kaparah for them, then um, it would not make sense to say that on Shabbat either, simply because they didn't give malkot on Shabbat, they wouldn't do any lashes on Shabbat, therefore another reason to um, exempt Shabbat from saying rachum. There's a third reason though which the Torah brings, and I don't remember who else brings it, but he says that the mishachrit and Minchara represent different korbanot. You have the tamid shalb, uh, you have the tamid of the morning, the tamid of, of of the of the evening, which are which are represented by shachvit and mincha. However, arvit doesn't have a korban which it is uh, correlated to or corresponds to. So, because mincha, uh, sorry, because arvit doesn't have a tefillah, the chachamim were quote unquote somech, They, as the gemara says, that they, that it, they they made it correspond to the pieces which haven't uh, burnt, which they let, left on the mezbah to burn overnight. And because our vit doesn't have its own korban, for that reason we say avon, that Hashem should have extra mercy on us and and forgive our sins or iniquities, even if this tefillah does not come in the in the in lieu of a, a korban, we should still receive His uh, forgiveness. And if that's truly the reason, then we should say at night. So I believe it was the Abu Dhar showed. He said that the Spanish, that in in Spain they would say it on Shabbat, and in France and in Provence they did not. And he says that it depends on these two reasons brought by the Ruchot, by the um, by the Ibn Hayarchi, yeah, by the by the Sefer HaMani. So that's so much for. Who, whether or not to say Vuhurachum. If I remember correctly, the Ashkenazim till today do not say Vuhurachum on uh on Arviz of Shabbat. The Svaradim I believe, by now don't say it either. I'm just going to double check because uh, my head has been all over the place tonight. So let me just double check because I'm blanking. I don't think the Svaradim do Vuhurachum. Uh, not as far as I could see. No, they don't do it anymore. Okay, so the menhagas become probably Alpia the Zohar to delete it from uh, the Sidurim, and most people don't say it anymore. Okay. Now comes the next part of the Tifilah which you actually wouldn't expect to be a, a, a matter of discussion, and that is the brachot of Kriyat Shema. So the brachot of Kriyat Shema, as far as our Sidurim are concerned, are identical, right? You say, Ma'ariv haravim, Avat Olam, Vemun Everything's identical until you get to hashkivenu. So the arvit of Shabbat night is identical as far as we're concerned, and then we add v'shamirubin esraltah Shabbat. However, this wasn't always the case. As far back as if Sad Yagaon, there was a minority custom to change the brachot of arvit by Shabbat night to a completely different bracha, which had to do particularly. With Shabbat. This bracha was called Asher Kila Ma'asav, Hashem who, uh, who finished his creation. And we'll read the Nusach together in Rvsadi Gaon. Rvsadi Gaon actually uh, saw this Minhag, writes it down in his Sidur, and he says this is a minority custom, but it is permitted to do it. He actually permits it. He does not uh, reject it, does not endorse it, but he said it is, it is permitted. And let's just look at it together because it's a topic of actual interest. Uh, here we go. Da-la-la-la-la. Sidur of Sadia. And I'll share my screen. If anybody has a Sidur of Sadia, it's going to be on page, um, at least the Kitsir and edition. It'll be on page Kuf Yud. It says, <speaking in the Bible> That Hashem finished His creations on the seventh day and he called it uh, Oneg uh, for his holiness. From evening to evening, he prepared a rest for Kalei Yisrael. And according to his will, he um, uh, rolls over night to day and day to night. Then the next bracha as well is changed. For the love of his uh, beloveds, Natata. A delicate beloved, natata etz Shabbat kidashtam yamim. I'm not sure exactly how to read this. Natata etz you planted a um, a tree of no. We planted we planted a tree of life, which is Shabbat kidashtam yamim veoto hinchata l'tmimim, and this is it, it rhymes. We have, uh, you have bequeathed this to those who are pure. And your love you'll never take from us, for it is it is our crown forever and ever. So this is the, and as you see, also the second brachot are changed. So as you see, go on had and, and witnessed this completely other version of the, um, of the, of the first Barachot of Kriyat Shema. Now the Rambam was asked about this Nusach. The Rambam in the Chivot also from Mekizven was asked, Is this okay to do? Can we change the Barachot of Leel Shabbatot to Shabbat? So the Rambam was not the first person to be asked this. Or Avm Gaon and Natronai Gaon were also asked this question. They were asked, Is it okay to change the Nusach? And the Geonim answered that in the in the yeshivot in Bavel and throughout Bavel, no one had such a minhag, and it's a mistake. Definitely, um, you have to do the same nusach for weekday the same nusach for Shabbat. Just like it says, makom laharich you can't change this. As, this is matbeah shetavu chachamim. They ask the same thing to the Rambam. The Rambam says, "B'vadai, definitely, it's a mistake." Over here, they translate it as a "chet." What they mean is mistake, because it's a translation from the Arabic. Um, I'm just showing everyone the the pages nun Hay" in the and Damim version of the Shel But the Rambam does relent slightly. The Rambam says, "Okay, so you have this completely other nusach of uh, uh, of uh, the the, the brah- first bracha of Kriyat shima, and maybe even the second one." However. If he was politically astute, he said if it's going to be a big deal and a big machloket to 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 get people to stop doing it, even though it's definitely a mistake, what you should do is you should blend the two. And he gives an example. Try saying the Shabbat The same thing with Avatolam. Avatolam beti salam kihunat amusim. You see there are different versions of this of this subbracha. Uh, but the Ramam suggested that if it would be hard uh, politically to get people to stop saying that bracha, then try to blend it. Because otherwise you're not going to make any progress. The Ramam clearly held that this was a mistake. Uh, it's interesting because he grew up in Egypt. He was probably very aware of this, of the, of the uh, Seder of Sadia Gaon. And Sadia Gaon clearly himself uh, did not uh, say uh, this version. He just says it's a minority opinion and he permits it but the Rambam was not aware that the Sadia Gaon never permitted it and at least the versions we have in Arabic of Sadia Gaon uh, permits it. So if the Rambam wasn't aware of this, he clearly uh, argues and he holds that it's a mistake and he holds of the Minhag Bavel to say it the way we do today. However, I first thought that this was extinct when, it, when I was, you know, I, I saw the Rishonim and I thought that, okay, so this, this uh, some people said this in the time of the Gaonim and then it died out. Then I came across the Mahzor Roma the Italian um, Nusach. And surprisingly, the Italians retained it for a very long time. There is a version of the Maso Roma from 1640. Um, And I'm just going to show it on the screen here because it's, again, interesting. If you're looking, uh, there's no page numbers here, but it is printed. Obviously, it was 1640. And in the first bracha, they retained much of this... um, much of this nusach. And you'll see, <speaking in Hebrew> Then they, they have a little more of the ending. <speaking in Hebrew> right, and by A'avat Olam though, they keep it the same. So, it is clear that this nusach did not just die into the night. This nusach did remain popular for quite a long time. They did. The Italians seem to have blended it. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if till today there were some Italian shuls in Italy which still prayed with this nusach of the bracha, because that is their their and they are blending the two. So even if they're not doing like minhag Bavel, at least they are um, doing what would be considered halachically appropriate, even according to the Rambam. Now, because Ursadi Agaon speaks about this minority Nusach, and the Italians still do it today, this would lead us to suspect that this was the Minhagi Yerushalmi. We don't have any other evidence for that, but um, that's what we would suspect. Uh, because there were uh, multiple versions of it, like we could see from the Rabam's way of quoting it, and also the Ge'onim quote another version called... Um, the if I'm remembering correctly, uh, I can just pull that up if I still have it open. I don't have it open, but yeah, they have a they have a different version of Abat Olam. It's clear that that the, these these Shinuyim, uh, right, these changes for Shabbat were not uh, a singular uh, Nusach. It was maybe the Asher Kila was was the the only uh, common denominator, but I'm not sure. We just don't have enough data to. To, to make a, a educated uh, uh, guess. If I come across more information, I'll add it or I'll appendix it or I'll, I'll speak about it next week, but so far I haven't seen any more material of this nusach, so I'll report to you back if I do find more, but uh, this was the Italian uh, nusach. Okay, so as far as the second brachot go, emet vemona, vemona zot, right? So vemona kol as we know today, is identical but in a Seder of Sadia, he also has it changed, and it's the same way in the in the Mahsar B'nai Roma. So if, if uh, we'll just look at it again really quickly. Um, we probably don't have time to go through the entire thing because it's long, but it's about Shabbat. And Rav Sadia gone has, And <speaking in> has, <Hebrew> Ba mish lerosh arbaa, mishaat netinata, samach ba levi shrun, aida, pititat, sidaka, canita, romamot, romamach, shabbat, hamid ben ki kibeshe, yamim, o la mechati, cant, au bashvi, na nichata leman, shetaniah leamecha. Sounds like some sort of uh, loose poem. I'm not exactly sure how to structure this. Yea, la mecha ye shavotu banin, kalum, rayambe gilaber, nabisimharabam, rukulami, kamocha, etc. And then it ends with Shomre Shavi, Rau et Guratech ala yam. Instead of Rau vanim et Guratech as we're familiar with today, those who fulfill the Shabbat, a soyer might on the Yam. Yachat kula uh, kulam hoduim lich vamuashemi Biglala, biglala votoshata banim, betavigula vnebe emrochotashem gaal Israel. And if you look at the Masaroma, it's going to be quite similar, except you have Nikudot here, so it's a little easier. Gzarte, etc. Um, and then what do they do here? Sorry. Uh, right, et etc. And then they end So, again, there was a another Nusach for Emet V'muna. It did not survive, unless there are some Italians today who still say it. I'm not aware of it, but um, it's a very, very, very small community of people who still pray in the Italian Nusach. I've heard that there are still shuls that are active in Italy or in Rome, probably very small shuls that barely have a minyan, but I could be wrong. Maybe there are communities around the world who, who still do it. Okay, so one thing you'll notice about the um, second rachot, besides for that change, right, that that entire other, di- other rachot which didn't really survive is that sh- that the hashkivenu was changed and we change hashkivenu from shomer, shomer tamoyisar laad to Pores sukach aleinu. So we mentioned before that that um, from the tour and from others that the reason we don't do this, we brought many reasons, but primarily it's because on Shabbat it is inappropriate to ask for shmirah because Shabbat itself is a shmirah, and the tour goes so far as to. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, as to criticize those from Seville and those from Toledo who would not change to Porei uh Shalom on, uh, on Shabbat night. He doesn't know why they do it, and he doesn't believe it's the correct thing to do. And the Torah criticizes it. He says everyone should be ending Porei We have this already in the Tshubat HaGionim. It goes as far back. We discussed this a few shiurim ago that the Shuvah the Togelonim already, they, they say that this was the Minhagin Babel to to change it for Shabbat because Shabbat is a shmirah. Shabbat is a watch for us and therefore we don't uh, explicitly speak about shmirah because we don't need it on Shabbat. Shabbat, it's, watching Shabbat itself gives us a protection. Now, virtually none of the Sidurim, if any, today will have... After a prayer of Shalom virtually none, if any, will have Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen V'Amen. So, as we know, the Ashkenazim have this nice, long, 18-sentence-long tefillah, um, uh, which starts with the Pesukim Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen V'Amen, and it ends with you And as we discussed, the Moroccans used to do it as well, and we discussed the whole history of it, how it was probably written in the time of the Savo Ra'im. However... According to Rav Naigaon in Bavel, they did not add those parts on Shabbat because they didn't want people to, to walk home later than necessary. Especially because they couldn't hold torches on Shabbat; it was dark at night. They wanted everyone to go home on time. Therefore, they were not going to add this. It was only for the people during the weekday. Um, during the weekday, they would, when people still had torches, they would, um, you know, they added these brachot. And he gives the geonim give their reasons because they, again, they didn't want people to leave late. So they would add this part to give people time to catch up. But over here, everybody's in shul already. If you extend the RV, some people are going to get behind. They're going to—they're—they're they're not going to be able to catch up. And therefore, uh, they did not want to, to add this on Shabbat because it wasn't necessary on Shabbat, and it was only going to to, to, to cause people to leave later. They didn't want that. So the Mach-Sor-Vitri, um states explicitly that the Minhag in France and probably in Germany as well was to, to leave out. Yurei uh, to leave out Baruch Hashem, to leave out Vuhurachum, and this remains the Hag until today. But Ressadi has Yurei So if we'll look together, um, we just saw it before, and I'm bringing this for a reason, not just for historical purposes, but there's a reason I'm bringing this. Ressadi does have Yurei at the end. So says Yirai Nenu v'Yismach li'beinu v'Tagel nafshim v'Shatchab Malkenu b'Amor l'Zion Melech l'Kaiyeh ki Amalchu shel he he l'olmuyad ad adim l'och b'Chavod b'Baruch Hashem l'Molech b'Chavodot Tamed l'olam b'Adam Men. So if Sadia Gaon has Yirai Nenu, but as you'll notice, he does not have Baruch Hashem l'olam b'Adam Men. He does not not does not have all of those eighteen pesukim. This was something that in the 13th century the Spanish did as well. The Spanish would omit the entire eighteen, uh, whatever they call it, the eighteen uh, psukim. They're not really eighteen psukim, but they would omit the entire Hashem, Min ba'mein. And instead of saying yuroi nenu in the way of Sadia Gaon did it, they would modify the beginning. They would not start nenu uh, be, uh, They would say Yis- uh, or something something to that effect. And the Buddha Ham brings this minhag. That they would switch Yireienu. Rabbi Natanai Gaon objected to this. Um, he didn't like the the saying Yireienu um, to, to 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 put it in during the uh, on Shabbat davening immediately like the Minhag Bavli. was you should finish Porisukat Shalom Aleinu immediately go to Kaddish. There's nothing in nothing interrupting. The rush goes so far as to say that it's probably a brachal the Ham says, uh, you know, some people that in Spain, this is the minhag, they and they switch the beginning, yitzmuchu ha-shamayim, I don't know why they do this, says Dei and he knew his stuff, so if he didn't know why, he's, he really didn't know why. And then he quotes the Rush as saying that this is probably a bracha levatala. Why is it a bracha levatala? Because you're not, the only reason they put a bracha here, of baruchat Hashem O'alech b'chvodok uh, aleinu, was because they had many reasons to add those uh those 18 psukim of Baruch Hashem min v'amen, because they had those 18 psukim, pes- they made a bracha at the end. And so there's a bracha ending those 18 psukim. But if you're not saying the 18 psukim, then there's no reason to say a bracha. So the Rush himself did not want to say it, and by the 14th century, it was gone. Um, as far as I could tell, it might have been due to the Rush's influence, but I saw a sidur from the 14th century, a Spanish sidur, and it's not there. I saw a sidur from the 15th century, from Aragon, it was not there. So it is quite likely that within 100, 200 years, the influence of the major post scheme managed to delete this edition of Yeru even though the Svaradim Nusach originally was to say Yeru or whatever you want to call it, Yisbuch HaShamayim, after HaPorei this minhag eventually got deleted. But one minhag never got deleted, and this you'll find even in the oldest Sidurim from the 1300s, from the 1200s, and that is to say, the ben Yisrael to Shabbat um, uh, le Dorotam, the uh, Brit Olam. To say to say the Pesukim of Shemuel B'nai Yisrael Shabbat. So, as we said, this could be traced to the Geonim. The Geonim say this. We we, we learned a, a little bit of this a few a few weeks ago, that the Geonim say that in Bavel in the Yeshivot they didn't do anything. They just did and then immediately Hadish, immediately Shmona Esrei. However. The um, the there were many congregations throughout Bavel which were not part of the yeshiva which would add veshamru bneisel to Shabbat and the even don't make a comment they don't seem to consider this to be something bad this was just a minhag that was done so there's different reasons uh, given why we do this one of them is very logical the manhig and um, and and the and the tour both say this that because Shabbat, uh, watching Shabbat is going to watch us. As we said, we skipped *haporesukat we, we skipped and instead we're saying, instead of *shomerei uh, Salaad, we say So after this uh, conspicuous skipping of asking for shmirah, we demonstrate out loud and we say *vishamru shabbat*. Because we're watching the Shabbat, therefore we have a shmirah, and the tour goes a little further. And I believe this is based on a suggestion from the manig. He says that it's quite possible that this is called smichat because we know that the midrash says that if, if Bnei Yisrael would only keep two Shabbats properly, we would have geulah. So v'shamru bnei is a hope for the geulah, and therefore, because it's a hope for the geulah, this is like speaking about geulah right before Shmona Esrei, which, as we've learned before, is called smichat geulah and smichat geulah is. Um, is a necessity before Esrei, and therefore it's not to have sick. So that's what the, the what the um, the the tour how the tour explains saying So besides this minhag, there were also uh, minhagim to put the um, on uh, on Rosh Hashanah and on on the Yom Tov. Some would put Elam Mo'adei Hashem, or in Yom Kippur, they put, Ki Be'yom um, Lechem. I forgot which Pesukim exactly. So if you're going to say the reason is because of Smichat Geulaa le then there's no place to put Eile Mo'adei Hashem Mekraii Kodesh during, um, there's no place to put Eile Mo'adei Hashem Kodesh before Shmonessori because that would be a sick. And many of the poskim point this out, that it's not necessarily necessarily a, a warranted thing on Yom Tov to put those Pisukim before uh, Shemona Esrei, as well as on Yom, Kippur, uh, Yom Tov, Yom Kippur. They don't really uh, uh, love it so much. Although this Minhagi existed for many, many years, at least six or seven hundred years, not all the poskim are so fond of it. And famously, if you look in the, in the Sidur of the Balatanya, this is something you have to be Lubavitch to know, uh, but I know some Lubavitch people if you look in the in the in the cedar of the Ari so to speak uh, the 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 Balatanya Siddur the Balatanya Siddur he puts Visham ru b'nei Shabbat l'asotot to Shabbat he puts those pesukim after p'resukat <inaudible> however um he says in the Shulchan Aruch his Shulchan Aruch that it's possibly a hefsek and therefore People who say it have on what to be someach, so we should put it in the siddur but do not, uh, he personally himself doesn't see, seem to be fond of saying it. So the minhag among, as far as I know, the Lubavitch, is that it's in the siddur but they actually don't say it. They, they they prefer not to say it because it's possibly a hefseq, and it's definitely definitely not a necessity, and therefore they omit and delete of uh, b'nei sallot shabbat from the arvit uh because of this shash of have sick. uh lastly and this yeah this i i, I figured this sure would be shorter than most um th- there's one interesting thing i saw in the abu derham is that he says that we save the shabbat and and the the insinuation is that that it protects us from the shabbat is what protects us from harm and i just forgot to say this also there's two Mishalim, two different parables brought for this. One, uh, the Gonim already bring. They say that you have two, two, two shepherds. Each one, of, one of them uh, locks up his flock properly, and the other one doesn't. So the one who locks up his flock properly is uh, not afraid if a wolf or a lion would come because he knows his flock is is locked uh, in contradistinction to the to the shepherd who is reckless. So too on Shabbat when we have uh, the shmirav Shabbat if we're watching Shabbat, right, we locked ourselves up with the, the mitzvot of Shabbat, we're not afraid of any harm that might come to us. So Shabbat has this this power. Another mashal was given by the Shabbat HaLeket, and he says that when a king travels with his army, he doesn't wear many weapons. But if he gets separated from his army, he has to wear as many weapons as possible because he might come across people who could threaten his life. And therefore, he says, on Shabbat, we are surrounded by an army of mitzvot. On Shabbat, we're surrounded by an army of of all of the zakhutim of Shmirat Shabbat and therefore we are not harmed and we don't have to um, we do not have to uh... what's the word uh, worry about Shmirat Shabbat so the Abu Derham brings that the that this idea of Shabbat watching us is extolled in the piyut of Avram ibn Ezra, which today till today everybody knows this piyut, Kiash Shabbat and he quotes it verbatim. So I always I thought that was very very cute that that already in the time of the Buber this was a very popular uh, piyut, and I'm sure they were singing it with whatever tune they were singing it back then. So I uh, will just end off with one minhag. The minhag is that at least among the Sfaradim that we stand by Hashkivenu at the point where we say Ufros Aleinu sukat Shlomecha. Right? When we say that Hashem should put on us his, uh, his shelter of peace, so to speak, we stand up. So where does that come from? That comes from the Me'kubalim. Uh kabbalah, Shabbat, and again, this is a very big topic, but Shabbat is a, is a manifestation of Hashem's Shechina, which is called uh, in malchut some, in some regards. And Sukkot Shlomecha is a form of the Shechina. When we say Hashem's shelter of peace, this is a form of a protective form of the Shekhinah. And the reason we stand up here is because there are, in the Kabbalistic system at least, there are diff- we, we accept the Neshama of Shabbat at different points in the prayers. So according to the Arizal, when we say Boi we accept the extra Nefesh of Shabbat. When we say Baruch Et Hashem HaMivorach, we accept the extra Ruach of Shabbat. When we say ufros aleinu sukat shlomecha, we accept the extra neshama of Shabbat. So there's nefesh, ruach, neshama. And so if Chaim Vital says that by ufros aleinu sukat shlomecha, we should stand up because at that point we're accepting the neshama of the extra neshama of Shabbat. And therefore, for some reason, it is uh, imperative or appropriate to stand at that point. Okay, so that so much covers it for the... First part of our Vita, I think, next week, Bezrat Hashem, will cover the uh, Shemona Esrei section, uh, possibly the uh, Me'en Sheva at the end, and um, we'll continue, I guess, after next week or after Pesach. So thank you, everybody, for coming, and we will continue next time.